Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. Before we jump into the message today, I want to talk through that last song a little bit. Talking about God being good and that He'll never let us down. And maybe you feel let down right now. I want to encourage you, whether you're online or you're with us today, when we have a frustration or when we feel like we've been let down, it's because we had some expectation that went unmet. And since we had some sort of expectation and it didn't go how we thought, there becomes tension or there becomes frustration or the feeling that, man, God let me down. The truth is, God didn't let you down because his character is like what we sing about. He is good. He is for us, not against us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. That's not who God is. He hasn't let us down, but what he would like to do is to change our expectation, to change our perception, to change how we're viewing the situation. Because if God has done something contrary to what you expected, it does not mean that he is no longer good, but it means he wants to do something different. He wants to do something else. He wants to change your view of him to know that he is still good, that he is faithful, and that he will never let you down. And so maybe this morning you even had to sing that with, a, 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 I don't know, maybe disappointment or maybe frustration or maybe feeling like God has let you down. I want you to know that you can still declare that, sing that with truth, that God is good. And that if there is that feeling of disappointment, you know, our world is crazy right now. (laughs) And it would be easy to think, God, you let me down because so much has been happening that seems contrary to my good. But God is still good. And he was wanting to help you understand him even in seasons of toughness and hardships. Now, this morning, uh, I want to get into our series. We're, we're, We're starting something brand new today. And I want to set it up this way. I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to, uh, in your creative mind, pretend that you've won some sort of contest. Now, the prize of this contest is that you get to have an hour-long conversation with anyone in the world. You could pick anyone. It could be uh, maybe a some of you, best-selling author, or maybe a famous athlete, or musician, or actor, or maybe this Christian influencer, or, or leader, maybe even a romantic interest, right, Isaac? And you're thinking about, I get to have an hour-long conversation with whomever. Who, who are you picking? Give me a name. Yeah, someone alive. Who, who would you pick? Izzy. Oh, that's awesome. You just had it, an hour-long conversation and more yesterday. Well, whoever that could be. It could be uh, someone that's just famous to you or someone that is famous to everyone. Say, you win that competition. You get to have this conversation. And I said, hey, great news. Not only did you win the prize and you get to have this hour-long conversation, it's tomorrow morning. I got it set up, ready to go. Okay, whoever in your mind you're picking gets to happen tomorrow. Now, some of you probably would have a hard time sleeping tonight. There'd be anticipation. It'd be like, ooh, Wow, gosh, I get to have this conversation tomorrow. How's it going to go? I'm a little eager for it. If you're watching online, put in the comments who your conversation would be with. I want to know. I'm curious to that, okay? And so let's say it's tomorrow. You you wake up, and here it is. You have this hour-long conversation with the person that you were thinking of, like how incredible this is going to be. And it was. Let's say it was everything you dreamed of and more. 
The conversation went amazingly. You know, sometimes I say, don't meet your heroes because you're going to come away disappointed. But oh, it was everything and better. Just a delightful conversation. I said, hey, even better news. The next day as well, you're going to have another conversation. It's going to be another hour-long conversation that you get to have with that person. But there's a catch. The next day, the second conversation, you're going to have to repeat everything that happened in the first conversation. You're going to say everything that you said. Okay, well, maybe I missed some things in the conversation. I guess it won't be too bad to kind of repeat that conversation, visit it. Maybe I'm sure there were some things they said that I didn't quite catch, and maybe I talked over some things. And so I look forward to that as well. Okay, I get another hour-long conversation. I don't care that I got to say the same exact things. It'll be worth it. So, well, and guess what? Then the next day, the next day, and every day following, you're going to have the same one-hour conversation with that person. You have to say the exact same things. At some point, you're going to be like, I got better things to do, right? At some point, you're going to be thinking, okay, that's going to get really boring to say the same thing over and over and over again. Well, sadly, that's what happens a lot of times in our prayer life, right? We'll, we'll go to God, and he's the most interesting person in the universe, right? And, and despite the fact that he is the most interesting person, he's God. He, he's the most interesting person in the world. If we keep saying the same old things about the same old things, at some point, it's going to get boring. And it's not because you don't love God. You love God. And it's not because you don't love what you're praying about. You love what you're praying about. But if it's the same thing after the same thing, after the same thing, after the same thing, some, at some point, it's going to get boring to you. And I feel like most of us in this room, knowing you guys, and, and probably people watching online right now, because you got up or you set a reminder and you clicked on the link and you're watching, most of us would say, I love Jesus. I really do. I love Jesus. But in a moment of transparency, I'm betting a lot of us would say, but I, I don't pray a lot. I love Jesus, but my prayer life's not all that I wish it was. I don't pray as much as I feel like I should pray. And the reason you don't feel like praying is because there's a tendency to say the same old things about the same old things about the same old things. And that always leads straight to boredom. But if you really are seeking to live your life under the lordship of Jesus Christ, under the authority of his word, the Bible, if you long to confess your sin, if you long to come to God in thanksgiving, if you long to do those things, and the problem of boredom in your prayer, it isn't you, it's your method. It's not you. It's your method of praying. I heard a little girl, I heard a story about a little girl once that uh, she was taught the old bedtime prayer, you know, the classic one that, that says, now I lay me down to sleep. Some of you maybe were taught that prayer. And that girl was taught, okay, this is what you say before bed every night. Now I lay me down to sleep. She thought, why does God have to hear me say this over and over again? So she recorded herself. And so the next night, she just played the recording. And the next night, she just played the recording. It's like, hey, I solved this problem. God doesn't need to hear me say it all the time. I'll just record it, and then I'll play it. Now, some of you think, well, that's, that's kind of silly. But I bet a lot of you in this room or online, you say the same old thing. You got you got pre-recorded message or prayers in, in your head. And maybe they're not yours. Maybe they're someone else in your family. But when so-and-so gets called to pray, you probably could pray their prayer verbatim. 
you know exactly what they're going to say. You know, dad's mealtime prayer. He's going to bless the hands that prepared it, and, and, and it's going to be to the nourishment of our body, right? And, and you've got that prayer memorized. And it might be a little longer, and it might be a little bit more sophisticated, but you're saying the same thing over and over again. Once Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Okay, one prayer said over and over again. That's not gonna make a healthy prayer life. Just because you got one solid prayer down, that doesn't mean you have a healthy prayer life. Prayers without variety eventually became, become words without meaning. You got no variety in your prayer life, eventually you're gonna have some words that are empty, that don't mean a thing. And so Jesus said, hey, if you're praying by repeating the same thing over and over and over again, that, that's praying in vain. It's meaningless, it's empty. But that's the tragedy. We often do that with our own prayers. Now we believe in prayer and the Spirit of God prompts us to pray. But again, because it's the same old things about the same old things, it can seem as though that we're just kind of babbling on. We're repeating our words, trying to get God to answer them because we know how to say that one prayer. And this can drain us, can drain our motivation to pray, but we still know we're supposed to, so we'll grind out another prayer and we'll lose track and we'll get distracted and our mind will wander. And then what do we do? We condemn ourselves like, gosh, man, I can't believe I'm failing so poorly in my prayer life. I can't believe how bad this has become and we condemn ourselves. Well, this is what I found. I found that most people pray in six specific categories. There's basically most people are gonna mainly pray in six specific categories. The first one's family. You're gonna pray for your family. It's gonna be your your spouse or, or your kids, maybe your parents, okay, son or daughter, whatever it is, you, you're going to pray for your family. Okay? You're going to pray about your future. You, you're going to pray about something, some decision that's coming up or something that's in the near future or far future. That's going to be a part of your prayer life. Your family, your future, your finances. You're going to pray about the, the, God's provision and, and getting a, that payment done. You're going to make that payment. You're going to pay off that debt. You're going to pray about finances. That, that's a classic. You're going to pray about your career. Now, that could be work. Uh, it, it could be, now, some of these could be about other people's jobs. Uh, all of these can also be yourself and for other people. But you're going to pray about uh, work-related stuff. You're going to pray about concern that's going to be something uh, like a, a sickness or an illness that you might have or someone might have or Edna's toe, whatever it's going to be. You're going to have a concern for something in your life or someone else's life or a ministry concern. Maybe it's not just physical. It could be emotional. It could be mental. But there's, that's going to fit in the concern category. And you're also going to pray about a crisis. If there's something big about to go down, you're going to pray about those things. Now, if those are the six main categories, and if your life isn't drastically changing, okay, if those aren't significantly changing very often, you're going to end up praying about the same old stuff and saying the same old stuff about the same old stuff because there's not a whole lot of variety in those six things. And, and that can be okay to pray about those things. That's not what I'm trying to say today. I just think there's maybe a healthier way to pray about those six things. There, there could be addition to that, but you get my point. There's a limited number of categories that we're going to pray about. So it's real easy to fall into this trap of saying the same stuff. And so what's the solution? Okay, I think all of us in this room, all of us online, we know 
we need to pray, not just should pray, we need to pray. And if God expects us to pray, Jesus says, when you pray. He gives us the example. It's like, hey, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, we know, we know that we should abide with Christ. We know it's a necessity. It's not just we should. We need to. We must. We're dependent on it. If all God's children should, no matter IQ, no matter background, no matter age, no matter education, no matter resources, if we should all pray, if we're all to do that, then the solution should be simple. Prayer should be simple. And so I believe the solution to keeping us active, to keeping us fresh in our prayer life is this. Pray the Bible. Seems pretty simple, okay? Hear me out. You should be already like, ooh, this is important. Pray the Bible. Specifically, I'm saying pray through a passage of Scripture, and that can be helpful to your prayer life. Maybe you've heard me pray. In fact, when I prayed uh, I guess at the very beginning, there were verses that I would quote in my prayer. If you've ever prayed with me, maybe you've picked up on that, that there are times that I'll pray a specific verse or specific passage, and that's because I've made a habit in my life that as I read the Word of God, to pray through the Word of God. And so today, I, I want to help us with this, because I really believe it can be a game changer in the way we pray. Now, I just read a book called Praying the Bible. And in this book, it, it gave a, a great suggestion of how to start. So I want to follow that example today. This book encouraged uh, you to pray through the Psalms. And so I'm going to challenge us, and I'll kind of talk through the logistics at the end. But if you have a Bible, let's go ahead and find Psalm 23. Let's just look at an example of how to pray through the Bible. Okay, this is a very familiar Psalm, Psalm 23. Most of you could quote it, actually. You know this psalm. You were taught it. Maybe you saw a, a sweet little picture of, of a shepherd or a lamb or whatever with this psalm inscribed on it. Okay, Psalm 23. Psalm is a great book of the Bible to pray through because a lot of the psalms are prayers in the form of poetry or in the form of song. Psalms, I've told you before, are basically psalmist journal entries to God. And sometimes it's easy just to pray literally word by word. But I want to give you an example how you can pray through this scripture, okay? So Psalm 23, let's just look at the very first part of verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. So if you were gonna pray through this passage, now this is separate than a typical Bible reading time, and I'll explain that a little bit more. But if you were just to say, I wanna pray through Psalm 23, and you read, the Lord is my shepherd, you stop right there and pray. Lord, thank you that you're my shepherd. You're a good shepherd. And that's what we find out in John, that he is the good shepherd. And you're like, You've been a shepherd all my life. As I look back, God, you have shepherded me through the whole history of my life. Thank you so much for being this amazing shepherd. And God, I'm gonna ask you to shepherd my family today. Shepherd my kids. I pray that you'd pursue my kids to be your sheep. I pray that you, as the great shepherd, would guide us and lead us as a family. I pray that you would lead us not into temptation, but you'd deliver us from evil. Oh, great shepherd, shepherd my faith family. I pray for John as the shepherd of, of every day that you would continue to guide and lead our church. I pray you'd shepherd me in this decision about the future. I need your lordship over my life in that way. Lead me, guide me, be my shepherd. And so you pray through that. Anything that comes to mind about the Lord is my shepherd. There's a lot of things that could come to your mind. 
just about that one little part of that verse. And you go on to the next part, okay? When nothing else comes to mind, you go on to the second part of just the first verse. I have all that I need. Now, some of your translations might say, I shall not want. When I was a kid, I used to think this psalm was jacked up. Honestly, I was like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you understand how confusing that is? I shall not want the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Like y'all look like y'all had this thing figured out. I'm telling you, as a kid, I was confused and was confused for a long time until I saw a different translation that says, oh, I shall, I shall not be in want. Okay, oh, that makes sense. Oh, duh. But when you're a kid and you just read it, you don't know. But if you're praying through this and you read, I shall not be in want or I shall not want or I have all that I need. And so perhaps you pray, God, you have provided for me every step of the way. Not only have you shepherded me every step of the way, you've given me everything that I need. I see your hand upon me. I haven't been in want. I haven't hardly missed a meal unless I chose to. In fact, I could probably skip a few. You provided so good. All right, and you start praying and you giving things to him. Gosh, you have provided for me. But then you don't even just keep it focused on yourself. You start thinking outwardly. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that don't have much. Maybe some specific people come to mind and you pray for them. Maybe you pray for the uh, persecuted church or brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world that don't have everything. You're like, Lord, would you please provide for them? Maybe there's some specific needs in your life. There's these bills coming up, the car, the house, whatever it, is, whatever it is, and you pray for those. You're my shepherd, and I have all that I need, and, and God, I pray you continue to provide for me because you are the great provider. Okay? You pray and pray and pray about all that, then you go to the next verse. He lets me rest in green meadows. And frankly, when you read the words rest, maybe what comes to mind is like, God, I could use a nap today. Would you help me rest? Would you help me just relax? I'm grateful for the rest that you provided and the sleep that I got last night or this week. Or Lord, I could use some more rest. I pray for that. Maybe Green Meadows makes you think of the flock again and you pray for your church, pray for your e-group leader. When's the last time you prayed for your church? Well, you going through Psalm 23, it comes to your mind. So you pray. Then you read in verse, uh, at the end of verse 2. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And you begin to plead, Lord, lead me in that decision. Lead me. I, don't, I feel like I'm in turbulent water. Lead me to peaceful streams. Lead me in your will. Lead me to still waters. Not where OSU is, because that would suck. But you're praying for peaceful streams. Sorry, OSU fans. Hey, documentary tomorrow night. Our neighbor helped produce it. Watch it on ESPN about Eddie Sutton. Plug. Get me in free to the premiere. All right, I'm losing my tracks. Peaceful waters. Some translations say still waters. I like the NLT because it doesn't say that. But to give me peace. You, then you go to verse three. He renews my strength. All right, shepherd, you are a great shepherd. I, I, I feel weak in this moment today. I feel spiritually weak. Will you renew my strength? Will you return to me the joy of my salvation? I'll pray that you, I pray not only for me, I pray you renew the strength of my neighbor who's really struggling right now. I pray that you'd renew the, the, the strength of, of my coworker, of my family member, of, of, my, my, of uh, those at Center Will in Africa. You, see, you don't have to just look at yourself. Right? But this has led you to pray for other people about God renewing their strength. 
returning the joy of their salvation. You get the picture, okay? To pray through the Bible is it does, it's not complicated. You, you simply go through each passage line by line, and whatever comes to your mind, you pray it. Let's say you read something you don't understand. Hey, move on to the next one. No biggie. Let's say you, you read something you do understand, but nothing comes to your mind to pray for. No biggie. Move on to the next one. Let's say you read something, and, and then something can, kind of not related, but it pops in your mind. Pray about it. It's okay. And some people think, well, that, that just seems weird that you wouldn't pray exactly what the Word says. But don't, don't get me wrong here, okay? There's a time when we dive into the Bible, and the primary purpose is to understand it and apply it. And we should have that time too. I'm not talking about that time today. That time is primarily reading the Word of God, understanding it, applying it. And secondarily, that time is prayerful. God, help me to apply this right. Help me to understand this right. What are you trying to say through this, God? Prayer is a part of it, but it's a little different. What I'm saying is you have that time. Don't forsake that time. The word of God is our bread of life. It is our food. It is our spiritual food. Have it. But in addition to a healthy prayer reading time, have a healthy prayer life. And then in that time, its primary purpose is to commune with God through prayer not necessarily interpreting it correctly. Okay, I know that sounds weird. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're in Psalm 104, and you read verse 19. You made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. Let's just say you read the word mark. You made the moon to mark the seasons. And in that moment, your buddy Mark pops in your head. Coworker Mark, brother Mark, neighbor Mark, someone named Mark pops in your head. You're like, man, I need to pray for Mark. Mark is lost as a goose. Mark is struggling. Mark loves you and is on fire for you, whatever the case may be, but you pray for Mark. Now, was that verse talking about Mark? No, not even close. It's not even a proper name. It's talking about God creating the heavens and earth. It's talking about God as our creator, and his name's not Mark, okay? Had nothing to do with Mark, but Mark popped on your brain. That's there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, the Spirit probably prompted you to pray for Mark. And so I got enough confidence in the Word and in the Spirit of God to believe that if you will pray this way, then in the long run, your prayers will be far more biblical than not, okay? If you're just making up your own prayers, I really think if you pray through the Scripture, it will help even your Bible literacy. And so I want to put this into practice. I want to give us direction for the month of July and how to pray. Okay, and, and, and in this series, we're talking about what does the Bible say about? Well, the only way to know that is to be in the Bible. And, and I look forward to, I want you guys to guide this series. I, in fact, we got an email this week about a topic like, hey, what does the Bible say about this? And I look forward to talking about it. something about in the Old Testament. And, and I'm going to use that as one of the messages as we move forward. And so at the end, on the Connect card, uh, fill out. What, what are you curious about what the Bible says about? Put it in, a, in a, uh, the offering basket. And if, if I get time to do that one, I will. Or if you're watching online, message us, comment, something like that. We'll kind of compile those and see which ones we can do. I did get an email already of a great topic, okay? But for that to happen, we got to get in the Word. And so I want to, this morning, I want to help us understand how we can pray through the Bible. And so for July, I'm going to challenge us to do this. We're going to go through Psalms, and we're going to pray the Psalms, because I think that's the easiest place to start. There's 150 Psalms. 
If you divide that by five, you get 30. There's 31 days in July, so there's a grace day. If you start this today or tomorrow, you add a couple more grace days where if you miss, you've got some time to make it up or you know what a grace day is, okay? So what I want you to do is literally in your prayer time, take 30 seconds, skim through five Psalms. So July 1st would be one through five. You look at them and you say, okay, which one do I wanna pray through? And you're gonna pray through that Psalm. July 2nd, you're gonna look at six through 10 or however the math works there. Is that, it works. And then 11 through 15 and then 16 through 20 and then 21 through, you get it. And so by the time July's over, you will have been through 30 Psalms, but we'll go through all 150 in that way. Does that make sense? Okay. And so I want you to do that and then pray through it. Just go line by line and pray. Now, again, this isn't your Bible reading. This is your prayer time. And so if you want to read all five and then do that, like study the five as your Bible time and then pray through one, that's, that's quite all right too. I use the one-year Bible, so I'm going to continue to do uh, my time, but then add, go through, all right, first five, pick which one I want to pray through and pray through that. And so today, this morning, I want us to put this into practice. If you're online, we got a little assignment right now to do. I'm going to give us five minutes to pray through this song. Now, if you have a, some children with you, you can either do this together or if you want them to play, that's fine. But I want to take five minutes. I want you to go through Psalm 23 and pray it. And I want you to see how cool and easy this is to do. Okay? So do it as a family or do it by yourself. Psalm 23, five minutes. If you're online, get by yourself. Do that five minutes. I'll bring us back. All right? Pray through Psalm 23 now.
All right, amen and amen. Listen, I, I, that's, some of you probably need to get past verse two, okay? And, and that's the beauty of this is that as you pray and as you walk through this, you're not just saying, I'm praying the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need, but you're saying the Lord is my shepherd. And just like the example, you focus on that and then you focus on the next part, focus on this. So you'll end up communion, or having communion with God for a longer time than maybe normal. And so uh, I know some of you are like, oh, I'm wrapping up your prayer right now, but Tell me, so far in a, f- a limited five-minute experiment, what, did, what stuck out to you about it? Let me hear you. Did anyone do it? <laughs> okay, I think most people did. God's promises? Okay, what about specific about praying this way? Was there anything about praying this way that stuck out to you? Say that again. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. And, and uh, in this book, talking about these different examples, a lot of people will say, I didn't get sidetracked as easily as I do when I'm not doing it this way. It's easier to focus in. It's good. All right, anything else? Yeah, it gives me different things to pray for. Opens up my mind in that way. I see some nodding and head shaking. Yes, anything else? It's good. Yeah, that's good. It's easier to pray the truth when you're using the truth as your guide. That's very true. <laughs> All right. Listen, thank you for, for joining us in that. For the next month, I would love for you to use that to guide you in your prayer life. To see Now, you, the reason for five psalms, because some of them are called imprecatory psalms, and those are like psalms of, of the psalmist begging God to bring judgment upon their enemy. And sometimes those can be hard to pray through. It, but they, it can be done, but it's kind of hard to ask God to smote people. But um, that's why I look through five. But it's not just Psalms. You can you look, at, in fact, I had some more scripture just don't have time, but in Acts, the, the uh, disciples pray through a Psalm or they mention a Psalm or Paul will mention the scripture. Jesus quoted the scripture often. And so it's all throughout the Bible. And so this month, Begin a habit of praying and specifically praying through the Bible. All right, God, thank you so much for our time together. Uh, We pray um, a vibrancy for all of our prayer lives, for all of us that are online or in this room, that we would have a healthier prayer life, knowing that prayer is not just requests, that it's a time to have a conversation and be in your presence. It's It's more about the relationship. But what a a great opportunity to pray truth as we read the truth and uh, to make sure that our prayers align with your heart and who you are. And so thank you for that. And I pray that we would put this into practice and this would be very applicable for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. 
For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on, and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us, and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless.